Howdy. Welcome to Renegade Fantasy Sports NRL Fantasy Podcast, The Rundown, with me, the Defensive Center. You can find me on Twitter at Defensive Center, all one word. So on this weekly podcast, I'll cover all the latest NRL news and developments relevant to your NRL fantasy team. Plus, I'll give you all the highlights from www.renegadesfs.com, which is where you can get all of your NRL fantasy analysis and information from. So for the next 15 minutes or so, I really meant for all of us who haven't got the time to keep up with which club Des Hasler is moving to next, or how much Luke Brooks will be paid per missed tackle next year. Basically, it's like getting Wayne Bennett to turn up to man-manage the shit out of you and your fantasy team. So first up, a little update uh, from my team. Uh, after last week, I continued my slide into obscurity, so I scored a pretty dismal 673 and slid to 2,159th. Uh, I did hold off trading last week, which I guess is the only upshot, um, but that might actually be why my team is in the shitter now. Um, I managed to totally miss uh, picking up Hess or Ponga in the last couple of weeks, Um, but based on team lists this week, thankfully that looks like it might only be short-term pain. So let's jump into all the fallout from round four and look at what we're in for for round five. So, first game for the round is Dogs versus Broncos. For the Dogs, Moses Mbai is suspended for one week, and he's replaced by Frawley. Uh, so, a lot of people might be interested in that as a bit of a short-term cash-out option, but he's likely to only play the one week. Uh, the Broncos are unchanged. However, Blair apparently failed to complete a training session this week, uh, but he's still expected to play, so no changes expected there either. Roosters versus Sea Eagles is the next game. Friend is back for the Roosters, which pushes Carter out of the 17. Uh, Fergo is there lurking on the extended bench, so he may be fit enough to come back into the 17 as well. Uh, the Sea Eagles are unchanged, and you know why would they change with uh, the way they're playing at the moment? Cows versus Rabbitohs up there after Cyclone Debbie. Uh, in some pretty fantastic news for me, uh, but probably disappointing for a lot of other coaches. Coot and Tamalolo are back for the Cows. So this pushes Ponga out of the 17, and Geller Mosby keeps his spot on the wing. Hess is back to the bench, thankfully, and Hoare is out. Um, however, if you look at the Cows bench makeup, it's a little bit light on front row forwards, so it'll be pretty interesting to see how the squad is trimmed down and uh, what team actually takes the field uh, on Friday night. For South, Burns is back, which uh, pushes uh, Monka Dureki out of the team after his one game last week. Sharks versus Knights, nothing pre- uh, that exciting for the Sharks except that Braley keeps his starting spot for now. Uh, Seguiaro is still hanging around and is- Braley is probably not far off peaking. Uh, only scored in the 30s despite scoring a try last week, so that's pretty worrying. I'd be getting money prepared to upgrade him pretty soon. For the Knights, Elliot is uh, back at fullback, which pushes Peter Matiutai to the centers and Sione Matiutai to the forwards. Interestingly, though, despite some rumor of an injury, Barnett has been named um, and Yates is dropping back to the bench with Wardell out of the 17. So again, I think with that squad, you might want to just um, watch that closely. No one really knows what is going on with the Knights forwards at the moment. They're just a total mess. Uh, Raiders versus Eels. For the Raiders, um, after a lot of people probably brought him last week, uh, brought him into their squads last week, Whitehead is out suspended, and Soliola then starts. 
And the Coltrane, Dave Taylor, is back and he gets a spot on the bench. For the Eels, Moroa is back from suspension and starts, which uh, ends up leading to Gower dropping out of the 17. Storm and Penrith, McLean is back for the Storm, which pushes Welsh to the bench. The big news for the Panthers is that Cartwright is still out. And with Fisher-Harris in doubt, uh, so he's on the extended bench, but uh, supposedly injured and not playing. Uh, the new big cash cow for the week, Corey Harawira Nayara starts. He has a very tiny, um, extremely negative break-even and still is at basement starting price. So he's um, going to be a very popular trade target this week. Warriors versus Titans. Foran has been named again. Um, despite pulling out late last week with a hamstring injury. This pushes Lola here out of the team. Uh, there's a lot of rumors going on about around Foran at the moment, so I would watch that team very closely to see what actually happens. Uh, Bunty Afoa is also out of the 17. For the Titans, Ryan James avoided a suspension for some reason. Um, go figure. And starts. Uh, Parsi is out with a shoulder injury, and that means Pulu starts with Grevesmill coming in uh, into the 17. Tigers versus Dragons, last game of the round. The big rumour for the Tigers is that uh, Cleary will supposedly be at the helm by the time this game actually happens. Uh, and so perhaps unsurprisingly, there's been a lot of changes. Uh, the rumour being that this team might be a team that Cleary actually uh, wanted named. Idris is back, starting, uh, which pushes Cheekham to the bench. Uh, Elijah Taylor starts and Sue goes to the bench. Matt Ballon is finally fit meaning Little or Lytle drops out. And uh, the final change is that Brooks, who seemingly has no hamstrings as well as no defense, is out and is replaced by Little John. For the Red V, uh, they don't need any changes after their start of the season, so they are the same as last week. So the big issue for most um, overall coaches this week is this pretty much the same as last week, which is looking to cash out some of these uh, really slowly ripening cash cows, build up a bit of a bank, and then hopefully pounce on some of these really juicy value buys. So you've got cash outs like um, CHN available. People are going to be looking to next week with the ability to buy players like Whitehead, Bodine Thompson, uh, Bromwich, Leilua, uh, there's also Braley, who is getting close to being needed to be um, upgraded. So people are going to be looking to build up a bit of a bank and maybe do some pretty serious upgrades over the next few weeks. For most of those players, you've probably got a couple of weeks um, before you're ready to jump on them. But uh, now is the time to start thinking about them. The other thing that's on my mind is just worrying about who to upgrade Braley to. Uh, McInnes and McCulloch... Both have the potential for utilities to come onto the bench with uh, Jaden Nikarima and Field hanging around. So I'm tempted just to sit back and wait and see. Those players, uh, those two players are not really value buys. They're basically priced at what they're uh, likely to average if they can maintain 80 minutes. So I'll just hold off and pick up whichever one looks like they're going to retain that 80 minute role. So on top of all that, um, I guess the frustrating thing is that for a lot of teams, they're not really that weak in the forwards, um, but unfortunately that's where all the value is up, up for grabs. So a lot of teams are going to be bolstering front row forwards and second row forwards, 
but the backs are just going to stay out there rotting. Teams are going to be running with players like Moga and Kotrick and Kelly and Suli. Um, and so I think there's going to be some players like Slater who are going to be pretty attractive uh, just to bring in to plug some of the holes in our back lines. So uh, it's quite frustrating that despite the fact that the backs are where all the trouble is, uh, the forwards seem to be where all the value is at the moment. So it's balancing those two issues is going to be the real headache for coaches this week. On the Renegades Fantasy Sports website this week, we've got two fluke or for reals, uh, two of the big, uh, impressive performers so far for the start of the season, Paul Vaughan and David Nofaluma. Vaughan scored 80 last round, uh, and he's currently priced at a 50-point average, uh, 477000 So there's a fair bit of interest in picking him up. Um, the Renegades riders were asked if they thought he could average over 55, which would make him worth picking up this week because he still has a little bit of value in him. Eight out of three, eight to three rather, say he's for real uh, and that you should pick him up and that he is value. But I think you should go and have a look at that article. Uh, it's not entirely clear if all the writers are actually explicitly saying that he'll average over 55, but they're all very excited about him as a prospect. Uh, I guess casting him in the same mold as uh, Ryan James last year who despite having a lot of sort of fluke, seemingly fluky attacking stats, uh, still managed to maintain that through the whole season. Uh, David Nofaluma, he's averaging almost 60, um, and it's an absolute clusterfuck of a position, the wing fullback area. So people are really keen to know if he's worth trading in now. 10 to 1 say he's for real, um, but I do seriously doubt that these riders are going to be rushing him in. Basically, he's priced what he's worth. So there's no real rush. You should probably be plugging some of the major issues in your team and then definitely looking to get him in if he's still fit and still firing in a few weeks' time. Um, so walking through some of the uh, regular articles on the website this week, uh, the big one obviously is the break-evens, which is uh, you don't need to go get assistant coach or anything like that. We've got all that info on the website for you. The players with the smallest break-evens this week, uh, heading that list is uh, Corey Harawira Nair again uh, with minus 23 after he scored 62 last week. He's still priced at $138,000, so he's going to massively jump in price after being picked to start a game this week for the Panthers. We've got Dylan Edwards with minus 10. Uh, the other really interesting ones are Callum Ponga, again, probably won't play with minus 9. Um, Cohen Hess has two, which is quite good. So he'll still make money even though he's playing off the bench. Uh, Luke Yates is five and Shaden Braley is also five. So those two players are going to keep uh, making us money for at least a couple more weeks is my guess. Uh, at the ugly end of the break-even list with uh, huge break-evens and the massive likelihood of losing money, we've got Bryce Cartwright with uh, 81. He's not playing this week, so he won't lose money just yet, but... Uh, he's going to start plummeting pretty quickly. Uh, Andrew Fafida, uh, Jake Fran, Jack DeBellin, Ryan James, Anthony Milford all have break-evens over 70. Uh, of that group, I'd say Jack DeBellin's the best chance of actually hitting that break-even and not losing money. Um, but all of them are likely to, to start plateauing, plateauing a little bit. James Graham also has 67 um, and is averaging 48 this year, so he's likely to drop a bit of cash. Uh, then we also have players like Cameron Smith, who always has a massive break-even because he scores massive scores every week. 
Uh, Jesse Bromwich and Mitchell Barnett are up there with 66 and 64, and Teddy's up there as well and is likely to shave off a bit of cash. So a really good article put forward by the Hotshot this week was milk or not to milk, um, basically walking through some of those popular cash cows for the year, uh, Braley, Jack, Suli, Yates, Cotri, Kelly, Moga, Ponga, and just uh, giving a bit of a take on whether or not those players are ready to uh, cash in yet and use that cash to uh, upgrade elsewhere. Uh, so go check that out to uh, work out which of those is is likely plateaued in value and worth cashing in. Panic or don't panic, one of Steve's crackers. Um, he opened up this week with uh, trying to defend his own reputation. Uh, he claimed that you shouldn't panic and you should keep listening to him after making a few mistakes on players like Gallon last week. Um, it's hard work um, making predictions in fantasy, so it's easy for people to point out when they get it wrong, but Steve gets them right most of the time, so you should definitely not panic there. Uh, Jesse Bromwich, he recommends you panic. Uh, for feeder, don't panic. Roger Tuovasashek, don't panic, um, which I absolutely agree with there. Mitchell Barnett, don't panic, um, but he thinks it might be worth considering other options. Myself, I'm going to be cashing him out to CHN this week um, and using that cash to build up a bank to spend up big in the next couple of weeks. Uh, for people that don't have Callum Ponga or Cohen Hess, he claims that there's probably nothing to panic about anymore. Um, now that Ponga isn't named, he is not really that much of an issue for you. Uh, for Hess, it's more just the insult of not jumping on him when he was $300,000 cheaper. And so you've missed out on some tidy cash there. Uh, Sione Matayutai, don't panic, although really that whole team, particularly the forward pack, is a real mess at the moment. Uh, Maloney and Caesar, he recommends you just panic and just abandon those two players. Uh, it's not working anymore, so move on. And Patrick Kafusi. Panic, and I think that might have been a bit of a personal shot after some of uh, some of Steve's arguments on the website this week. But that's the uh, joy of being a writer; you get to uh, shout out at people uh, from the safety of the Renegades website. Uh, obviously, every week we have the "What We Learned" articles summarizing every single game that happened on the weekend. And so, if you didn't get to see them, you can catch up on the detail there. And Scarfy scraps, uh, Pod Team, the Q and A article with the Renegade. There should be a pimp my team up soon, although I haven't seen it yet. Um, and one of my favorite articles that come out every week, which is the Bosses article, um, they all had a really rough week, which makes me feel a bit better. They only averaged 705, and 10 out of the 15 Bosses actually lost ranks. Um, and so basically, for those guys who they really know what they're doing, um, even they're struggling. So last week might have been a bit of an aberration. Um, one of the really interesting things for me that I've noticed in those articles is a, is a real lack of trade uh, trading this early in the season. So only one boss has used all this trade so far. Usually most of the bosses will really burn them hard in the season to try and get their teams right. And um, so that's a little unusual. And so maybe there'll be a few more trades floating around at the end of the season or through the buy uh, period for those teams. So that's it for me uh, tonight, today. Sit tight, set your lineup, Captain Smith. And I'll see you next week. See ya.